Andy Clark. That's me speaking. Is that Jermaine Greer? It is. Hello, thank you very much for calling us today. I understand that uh, you're at the Gloucester Guild Hall tonight with the disappearing woman. What? I am. It's what? true what you understand. <laughs> That's lucky. What's that all about then? Uh, well, I, it depends. I never know until I start talking, really. How fantastic. Uh, it's to do with something that's happened during the day, something silly. Um, but the idea of the disappearing woman is there's a number of ideas. One is that nowadays we don't have women, we have girls. Uh-huh. That is to say, you're not allowed to put on weight, you're not allowed to have much in the way of hips. Um, you're supposed <laughs> to be mistaken for a, for a boy from the back. Oh, right. And girls worry a lot about that and won't eat anything and fret if they've got a fat bottom. Blimey. And the problem is, of course, that women are fat-bottomed creatures. They are. Well, yes, naturally, maybe. And if you're going to turn into one, you're going to grow a bottom. But <laughs> growing a bottom for most girls is an utter disaster. Well, why is that, do you think? Well, it's an interesting question. I don't know that I'm a good enough anthropologist to explain it. I mean, it's always been the case that less is more where women are concerned. We want women to be, well, always, in Western developed world it has always been the case that women have to be very very slim you know no yeah. woman is ever too rich or too slim yeah magazines of course they portray that as well and they they con people into thinking that's what women should look like when in fact a lot of it's trickery anyway with uh, cameras and face brushing and stuff like that you know and well it definitely is but the problem i think the difficulty is that, that they can't reverse that they can't start showing you they've tried yeah. to show you women that were size 12 and it nobody liked them nobody cottoned on to them they weren't effective at all they weren't good marketing tools so i mean the difficulty is you market clothes by hanging them on a pair of shoulders with almost nothing underneath and then great long legs um the problem gets worse when you realize that the clothes in the shops are like that, that there's no room for a bottom. And then it becomes really crazy because you just can't find anything to wear even when you're a size 12. If what you get to be a size 16, which is something like the average British size, then it's a nightmare. There's just nothing out there. And what is out there is awful. You, you just wouldn't put, you wouldn't wear it. It's dreary, it's, it's not smart, it's not well cut, it's not well finished. These days, of course, it's made in Bangladeshi factories where people get killed. So, so your show then, is it ad-lib? How, how does it work? Oh, it's not, it's not ad-lib exactly. I don't read it off a piece of paper. That would no. be horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there's generally things I've been thinking about. Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit like... Suppose I might even do a riff on what's happened in Cleveland, in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. The whole business of those girls being in that house, which looked sus from the beginning with its boarded windows and everything, and they knew there were people in there. When, when do you find people living in houses with boarded up windows? Well, exactly. And nobody banged on the door when they were looking for these girls. It's just extraordinary. So now they're going to have to sit down and think, why didn't we try harder? Yeah. And there's almost no answer to that question. There were a, a bunch of disappearing women. They vanished for 10 years. And no one really looked for them. You, you can't, if, when, you, when you hear it like that, you can't actually believe that could happen this, in this day and age, in the society we live in, could you really? It's just unbelievable. Except that it's happened, it's happened in Austria. It's happened oh, yeah, in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. The girls, have, women have been kidnapped. Females have been kidnapped and held prisoner. I and mean, the really ghastly thing about this 
is they're going to have to question these poor women about how many times uh, they bore children. They think at least six. That's shocking. Now, are these it? women going to be implicated in the infanticide of these children? Because they think they're buried in the backyard. I mean, it's just unbe unbelievably horrible. But just as horrible in a different way is last week's story about, oh gosh, you know, our maternity services are rubbish. Well, everybody knows that. Everyone who's been through it, some people are lucky and have a wonderful experience. But it seems to be pretty much down to luck. And then suddenly they're all explaining, yeah, well, we haven't got enough midwives. They've been saying we haven't got enough midwives for 30 years that I know of. So why haven't they got enough midwives? Why isn't it important? If I take you back to the 60s, to... <laughs> That'll take a bit of doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually born in the 60s, so I don't remember much about it. I was born in the middle. But burn your bra was a, was a sort of, um, I wouldn't say a common theme, but it was something that started around then. Do, do, it, it obviously, Except it never happened. It didn't happen. No, it was, just, was it just a metaphor then, was it? Do you think? <laughs> well, I, it, well, I'm not even sure that it was even a metaphor. I think it was probably always just a lie. Really? But, I mean, the story goes that the um, the feminists wanted to mount a demonstration against the Miss World um, ah, yes, event yes. in uh, Atlanta, I think it was, in Georgia. And they what they were going to do was they were going to fill a rubbish bin with all the accoutrements of femininity, right. um, which in those days included, you know, merry widow, wasp waist, corselets and rope petticoats and mesh stockings and suspender belts. <laughs> but there was also false eyelashes and false hair and all that sort of business. I don't know exactly what they turned up with, but they were going to do this outside while the, while the Miss World thing was going on inside. Um, and they filled up their bin. <laughs> the bit <laughs> I like is that they had asked the city fathers for permission to do their demonstration and they'd been given permission. So oh. when they got their bin full, uh, somebody said, why don't we set fire to it? And the women said, oh, we can't do that. We didn't get a permit for a fire. Oh. And they never burnt anything. Oh, really? No, which always that. makes me laugh because it's so typical of, of women that, you know, they go and ask the city fathers, please, can we have our demonstration? And then when they had it, they'd behave themselves. Do yeah, well, no, no bras were ever burnt, really. Do, do you think? So, I mean, now we have and I, we have laws to, and I put, I use these uh, these words in inverted commas to protect women. Um, and do, do you think these laws have gone far enough? And do you think they ever can go far uh, far enough to to protect people in the workplace? You know, the w women allegedly are, are paid the same amount as men. They have the same opportunities, allegedly, again. What, what, what's your thoughts around yeah, well, that? You, well, you know by the way you're talking that this uh, parity in pay we haven't got. Women will earn less over their working lifetime. Uh, they will uh, also do all the unpaid work by a tiny amount. Uh, I think it's something like... 96% of housework in, in the UK. It depends which analysis you read to discover exactly who's doing all the work. And it simply, it, it isn't the case that they've achieved equality. I mean, what happened was a wonderful uh, scam in a way because the elite trade unions where people were paid huge amounts of money um, because of their power as organised labour, 
they never accepted women on equal terms. Then when they were forced to consider the issue, they came up with a completely nonsensical idea, which is that women should be paid equal pay for work of equal value. Now, as labor activists, they should have known that work has no value. No. Work is worth what you can force the employer to pay for it. Yeah. You can't expect just by doing a job to be paid what the job is worth because the idea is a bankrupt one. So what happened with women was that women's work was permanently assessed as of less value. And it's very obvious in very simple situations. I don't know if you remember when the cleaners got their retrospective pay award. Because somebody looked at the work they were doing and it was exactly the same as the men. So the employer had to pay those arrears. And that looked like being a big success. But you'll notice that it didn't have it hasn't happened again. That's and true. if I teach in universities for my living, I don't I'm retired now, but um and the, we had cleaners at the university and we had janitors. They yeah. did virtually the same jobs. Yeah. But the men got a great deal more than the women. Like hairdressing, phenomenally badly paid. And what do lots of girls do when they leave school? They go and do hairdressing and earn barely enough to live on. If that. You, you know in 2005 when you were in the Celebrity Big Brother house, <laughs> did, you, did you have any sort of preconceived ideas before entering the show? Did you think that would happen, that you would, you would sort of leave as you did? Uh, well, I was dreading it, if that's what you mean. Really? Um, uh, but I needed to raise the money for my rainforest charity, yeah. which was bumping along. Yeah. Because I've got workers to pay, yep. and I don't... I was paying my workers in the rainforest project out of taxed income which was crazy we don't do that anymore we no. set up a charity and got it organized properly but in those days it was coming straight out of my pocket and i really needed to raise the money that had been agreed people say why did you go into the big brother house and the answer is simple i went in for money yeah and to raise but it was yeah. so horrible i mean i knew it'd be horrible being watched by cameras all the time and i knew it would be horrible never being able to get away from people because I'm basically solitary. I'm also extremely claustrophobic. Um, it was worse than I expected in the sense that, you know, the kitchen had old filth in it from the last time really? someone was on the set. Ooh. And I don't know what the water was that we were drinking, uh, but I, th I think it was um, off. I think it was rancid. Really? Then we vomited all over the set on the third <laughs> night or something. And Ooh. that because we were being made to do this stupid uh, Bush Tucker tr trial, I don't mean Bush Tucker trial, <laughs> this ridiculous ordeal um. of on, being on this children's uh, spinny thing. Yeah. And we all threw up. Well, I threw up, I think, more than anyone else. And it went absolutely everywhere. Oh, dear. And that was all very, very horrible. But I was prepared to endure that. I didn't expect to enjoy it. No. But what I couldn't endure was the fact that uh, a pattern got set up of bullying John McCreerick. Oh, yes, I read that, yes, yes. And John, John McCreerick has a head tremor and a hand tremor. I was terrified. I thought he might have Parkinson's, uh, but apparently not. No. They wouldn't have put him in the house if he'd had Parkinson's. But no, he no, does no. have this tremor, which he disguises with all these silly hats and everything. Yes, yes. Um, but I was very worried for him. And he got into a complete state. He didn't really understand where the cameras were. And he thought that people were getting at him in very strange ways, like that they were, they were doing something dreadful to his shaver so he couldn't <laughs> shave. Oh, really? And I said, they don't have to do that. They've got a camera behind the mirror. That's all they want. Oh, right. Um, and 
I mean, I didn't. I liked him well enough, I suppose, as yeah. much as I liked anyone else there. Yeah. Um, and I, it, we got into a silly thing where he wanted his Diet Coke. He said the only thing he needed was he drank Diet Coke and he I, needed to have his Diet Coke. I remember that. And man. they went, we had a, a shop um, where we put in our order with his Diet Coke. And when it came back, there was no Diet Coke. And he just lost it completely, and, which was sad enough. Yeah. But then they began teasing him by inviting everyone into the diary room and giving them Diet Coke and then saying, to, you know, go out and talk about your lovely Diet Coke that you just had. And <laughs> I never went to the, di to the diary room because no. I was never going to go and ask Big Brother for anything. No, fair play. Pain of death. I can't watch it, I've got to be honest. <laughs> I can't even watch The Apprentice, though. I think no. I'm just getting disgusted by all of it. What, I mean, because you turned down, um, in the year before, you turned down I'm a Celebrity, didn't you? Yes, but that's for another reason. That's because of the abuse of oh. invertebrates. Oh, really? Okay. I'm the president of Bug Life. Yes, yes, yes. And I really can't go on a program where you tip trays of cockroaches down your trousers. Uh, it seems it's pointless. ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I agree. Totally. And I just hate all the, the stupidity about how dangerous it all is. My rainforest project is just the other side of the mountain from where that is. Oh, it's oh right. It's a place called Dungay Creek. Yeah. And anybody listening who'd like to invade Dungay Creek, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, so I know that forest very well. Right. Um, and it has poisonous snakes in it and poisonous spiders. But they're more afraid of you than you need to be of them. Exactly. And the way everybody behaves just drives me nuts. Yeah. It's idiotic. I just hate it. So yeah. there was never any question no. by doing that. I mean, if I had done it, I would have had to do something like break out and lead the troops across the mountain <laughs> that'd be place. fantastic that'd be the first that'd be great wouldn't it <laughs> oh that would definitely get some uh, tv that would so what do you think of all of these um select these sort of um uh, x factor and are you a fan of that or do you think it's just cheap tv again i can't bear the way people are taught to sing because they're all yelling yeah i mean if you were if you were ever a chorister uh you would have been really strongly reprimanded for shouting yeah if you shout you go out of tune most of them are out of tune i'm scratching myself like a lunatic because yeah. i the, the my hairs prickle if you're singing out of tune yeah definitely and it's i can't bear the noise they make i can't bear the fact that they all make as it were the same noise because they then get to be trained by someone yeah. who makes them shout <laughs> <laughs> they even tried to do it to oh no i can never think of her name <laughs> the 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 irish soprano uh, oh uh, what's her name why can't i remember her name that's so annoying not not uh, was she in a, a, a group no not, no she's by herself oh um oh. not catherine jenkins no 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 no, no she's not no Show my no, not now. Catherine Jenkins. He's a funny little figure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can never work out where that voice comes from. No, I know. I know. I think there must be something, a machine in her throat. <laughs> You're a robot. Yeah, exactly. It's very strange. <laughs> so I don't watch any of them, really. No. And I mean, I'm ashamed to say that I sometimes watch You've Been Framed, but then I get cross because <laughs> old ladies are forever being tipped out of 
pictures, and I just don't think it's funny. No, you have to draw the line somewhere, I think, don't you? Well, of your achievements you've made, I mean, you've you've done so many things with like the female eunuch. I mean, that was what 1970-ish, um, and all and all the other books you've done, Sex and Dynasty, the the politics of human fertility. Uh, what what's your uh, biggest uh, achievement that you're most proud of? Do you think? I don't spend any time thinking about it. You know, no, um, no. I'm usually just getting into the thing I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, so now I'm pretty thrilled that we've got the charity set up and that the forest is being yeah. restored. It's a huge project. Yeah. And it's it's amazing, and it looks as if I've managed to um, sell my archive, which will be able to set the charity on a better footing so it's able to live on its income rather than its capital um and we've set up the australian company we still haven't got charitable status for it but australia hasn't really sorted that out properly but we'll get there yeah so that's all pretty exciting the forest is very exciting and i've written a book about the forest which is an odd book but all my books are a bit strange (laughs) and this one's especially strange, but I've also written a very funny little story yep. about a frog. Oh, right. Uh, it's, the funny thing is, it's probably, if, if the pundits are right, it's going to be massively unpopular <laughs> <laughs> because oh, the right. frog doesn't have a name and I haven't humanised her at all except that she can think and she can speak. Okay. And she has a character a bit like Alice in Wonderland. She's oh. a bit priggish. Yep. She thinks people don't need to be rude, for example. That's fair enough. I and she gets that. very annoyed with people who keep being sorry for her. Oh. And they're sorry for her because she hasn't got a mother or a nest. Oh. And she doesn't think she needs a mother or a nest. So is it going to be but published? They think if you haven't got a nest, you're homeless. Oh, right. Oh, I see. I see. Ah, right. Okay. So she, but she has other problems too. Like she has to eat live prey. Yeah. And she really wishes she didn't. Ah, right, okay. And she has to come to terms with that. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, I'm, all the time I, I work on it, I think about all those children who'll only eat avocado ice cream or whatever. <laughs> yeah. or, and at one stage she gets groomed by a snake and the snake tells her that he's going to eat her but that she's too little yet. And all she knows is she wants him to go on talking to her because oh. he takes her seriously and something about the way he talks to her is quite exciting. And that's meant to be the moment where the mother who is reading the story can ask the child about being groomed on the internet and stuff like that. Ah. So there's all sorts of little things that can open up the discourse with adults yeah. using the little frog. So why, why are they saying it's going to be unpopular? Oh, they say it should be like... The Very Greedy Caterpillar, if that's what that book is called. Oh, right, okay. Um, And that I shouldn't be going on about her eating things. And there's too many horrible things that happen. But they're things that really happen in the rainforest. In in real life, yeah, as well. And I I know them, you know. I was reading something last week in the paper about a school in London saying to parents that children mustn't have a best friend, it's forbidden, because it ostracises other people. It, It does sound very crazy it does doesn't it because you know it's odd about friends because you you choose them on practically your first day at school and it's that's what they say ceremonial exactly why why do i like this person i don't know anything about her yeah 
That's, that's and then you find out things about it. But then sometimes that goes wrong as well. <laughs> yeah. When you get dumped, it's tough getting dumped by your first best friend. Yeah, it is. My, I've got an eight-year-old daughter, Emily, and um, I must admit, her and her friend, I have to really try hard not to get involved with their conversations because it's they're so almost horrible to each other. And and it's it, I don't know if that's just girls in general, but my what, son was mean to each other. Yeah, and they say horrible things, and then they'll ring up and say, "Don't ring me again. You just called me." And and it's at eight or nine and they're doing things like that it's very hard i just i just try and l let her get on with it to be honest i don't know if that's the right thing to do <laughs> oh but it's it is really really hard yeah definitely uh, but i think it's is it just finding out how emotions work i don't know i, I wonder had, if that's yeah that's a good my point, best actually. friend did that to me just before a geography exam <laughs> oh, dear. and i wasn't very good at geography anyway oh and i was so shocked i couldn't i just sat there as, I, as if I'd been struck in the face. Really? I c couldn't begin to do the exam. I sort of reeled out of the room half dead. <laughs> and she said to me, what's the matter? And I said, well, what do you mean? You just told me that you didn't like me anymore before I went into the exam. And she said I was just kidding. Control. She was trying to control you, wasn't she? And that's what it was. Oh, dear. Definitely. Uh, do you use social media? I t I'd say why I asked that, because <laughs> I, 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 sort of st I started following you last week, and um, but I started following the wrong Jermaine Greer account, and it said, <laughs> the one account said, I've just bought some hot pants. You are never too old, you know. That wasn't you, was it? I don't use social media. No, I didn't think it was. <laughs> I have too many... Well, I was about to say something extremely tasteless and incorrect. <laughs> oh, right. I was about to say I have too many nutters... <laughs> That's fine. ...approaching me as that. it is. Yeah. ...without hanging myself out on social media. Finally, if, if you weren't a controversial... This is what it says in the Guildhall. Uh, Agenda-setting author, acclaimed academic, outspoken broadcaster, female icon and public figure... What would you be doing <laughs> <laughs> in your spare time? I'd probably be growing a rainforest. Well, exactly. What are you doing anyway? Well, it's kind of weird, though, because when I came to this house, which I did in 1984, yep. I said to myself I wouldn't mess about with the land until I understood it properly. Okay. Uh, but in fact, I started straight away planting a forest. Here, I have a one-acre wood. Are you in, you're not in Australia now. No, no, oh, I'm in, yeah. I'm at exit 9 ah. of the M11. Oh, really? Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm an Essex girl. Oh, right, but okay. But I think it's very interesting because I'm now learning from looking at this forest, this little one, this little sample, yep. how succession works, which is the big riddle about restoring forests. Because there's a, the, the forest is a process, it's not just a thing. No, exactly. It's living, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. And it's very exciting. I'd say I really appreciate you taking the trouble to talk to us. I, 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 I was really nervous when I was, was going to speak to you, <laughs> but I've really enjoyed myself, and I can't believe we've been talking for 25 minutes as well. <laughs> oh, right. Well, there's nothing to be nervous of. No, absolutely not. Well, good luck for tonight and any of this that you're doing as well. And uh, I should look forward to seeing you on Have I Got News For You again. Are you going to be on there soon, do you know? I think they've decided I'm past it. No. Rubbish. Won't hear it. They haven't asked me for ages. I'm doing question time tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Just yeah, except <laughs> Go on. I was once blackballed from Question Time because I yawned on camera. Oh, dear. Those bloody politicians <laughs> go on and on and on.
Absolutely. And no one ever has, no one ever says, oh, do shut up. Fantastic. That is, I've really, I, my mum's going to be so pleased. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> now very let much. Me go. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Seven Ball Breakfast Show with your host, Andy Clark, and his hangers-on, Paul Ryan Alcock, Mandy Pellet, and Lady Caro of Kings North. Another first there. Fantastic. Oh. Wasn't she nice? Oh. I mean, isn't she interesting? Oh, definitely. definitely.